on Saturday. But you'll see the effort that they put forth in this uh, in the game from the beginning all the way to, like I said, to the end. And uh, that's the part that I'm more proud of than anything else. 6 p.m. is kickoff time. What time should uh, Lions fans get ready, though? Uh, start drinking at 10, I guess. Bloody Marys, uh, mimosas, <laughs> things like that. There you know, you. and then come on out. Come on out full force. That's what I love it. That's what I love. 6 p.m. is the kickoff, and as Coach says, he's giving you permission to get started early, get ready in there. As always, Coach, appreciate it. Um, conference play starts next week, so we will talk a little bit about that, hopefully after your first win of the season. Good luck, and thank you for your time as always. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, for sure. LionsSports.net, the athletic website. And of course, you can give them a follow on Twitter at LionUpFootball. That is our number two. It's in the books, just like that. Hour three, Ali Cosell, bottom of next hour. The professor will check in with him on our question of the day. Got a lot of good phone calls based on that. What do you make of the first week of the NFL? Give me a top three takeaways. How many of y'all had the Seahawks over the Broncos yesterday? We're trying to find the video of Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, um, just going, Shannon Sharp is going nuts watching the end of that game. I might lead off with that. Plus, you'll hear from Dennis Allen. He spoke yesterday after looking at the tape. What did he hear? See for the team. But that's what it's a sports hangover in ESPN New Orleans. Strangers did not see a zombie voodoo bleeding and the witch queen of New Orleans. She lived in a world of magic. Dale's semi annual sale has arrived, and now's your chance to get some of their best prices guaranteed. Save on top tech, including XPS and Alienware computers powered by 12th gen Intel Core processors. You'll also save on monitors, docks, mics, and much more must-have accessories. Plus, free shipping on everything. Upgrade today by calling 877-AXDEL. That's 877-AXDEL to take advantage of great deals during their signature savings event. Hey there, I'm Lance Bass, and this is Chip. For more than 100 years, American Humane has been on the front lines protecting animals in times of crisis. From Pearl Harbor to 9-11, the California wildfires, and the coronavirus pandemic, American Humane Rescue has provided life-saving assistance for animals in virtually every major national disaster. If you're anything like me, your pets mean the world to you. And if disaster strikes, you want to keep them safe. To prepare for an oncoming disaster, ensure your pet has secure and up-to-date identification. And if you must evacuate, remember to take your disaster preparedness kit with you. To learn more about disaster planning and how to keep your best friends safe, please visit AmericanHumane.org. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams. And Max Kellerman. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Are you watching Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yes, I am. Okay, because I'm watching it with my kids. I don't want to offend anybody, yeah. but I don't even know who Obi-Wan Obi-Wan Kenobi, I got you. But, oh, Darth Vader was catching wrecking on episode... Darth Vader showed up in episode three. Up until a couple years ago, I thought it was Darth Vader. <laughs> GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Orlando will come to you shortly. Let me set up our number three. Ali Cosell will join us at the bottom of the hour. Pelican signing a new two-way player. Perhaps surprisingly. By the way, like the start of training camp is two weeks away. October 4th. That is a Tuesday. That is today's Tuesday. Three weeks away. Right? Did I do that right? Let me see. Uh, next Tuesday, the 20th. Then it's the 27th. Then it's Pelicans preseason opener. We are three weeks away from the Pelicans preseason opener. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Looking forward to that. Anyway, so that will be fun. We will get into that with Ollie here as well as we get closer to the start of camp. And um, I can tell you a little birdie, little birdie. Uh, they're already hooping. 
in the gym, just saying, down the street on Airline Drive. So we'll chat about that here as well. Plus, I am going to play. I did find the clip. Oh, my goodness. The Manning cast. Are you a big fan of the Manning cast? I am. I, I enjoy it. Paint Manning yesterday, just throwing shade everywhere. I hope they throw it 70 times tonight. <laughs> they will not throw it 70 times. Well, the Thank Jets you. threw it 59 times, and that worked out well for him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Joe Flacco, 59 attempts. Way to go, New York Jets. I will play, though, the final minute, 11 seconds here shortly. Um, and you will hear Shannon Sharp. You will hear the Mannings literally just beside themselves as the late game management was, was atrocious. Orlando, though, I see you on the phone line, sir, so I want to get to you. How are you, man? I'm well. How, 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 how are you? I'm doing good, man. Um, what you got? I, I, I called for the first three takes of the season. Yeah, what you make I'm, out I'm, of the I'm, first I'm, week? My first three. Oh, all right. I think that football is one of the most team-oriented sports ever because in basketball you can have two dominant players and they can change the team. Mm-hmm. In baseball, you can have people like Mike, Mike Trout and your team never be good. Okay. But with base, with football, it takes an entire team effort. And I think we, um, during the preseason, you take away one preseason game, and it used to be, well, the first game, you got the chance to look at the rookies and all the free agents. The second game, the starters probably played one drive. The third game, the starters played all the way up to the half or maybe the first drive for the preseason. Right. And then the fourth game, you got to just a chance to look at all the uh, the free agents. When they took away that fourth preseason game, we are now witnessing the the first time starters have got a chance to play in a full game, and we see what transpires and what the game looks like when starters don't play. You don't get you ever made like a dish and say, you know what, I don't have. I don't have enough Tony Sashes. We're going to leave that out. <laughs> and it just don't taste the same. And you okay. don't have enough mustard or you don't have enough whatever ingredient it is. And then you'd be yeah. like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and make it anyway. And it just don't taste the same. Yeah. It was exciting, but it was some sloppy football. It was. It, uh, I, like I said, I had, you know, there was a lot of things where yeah, no business winning it. Look, I mean, you know, what? one of my takeaways, too, is – I, I legitimately think if you don't focus on those little things, and it's going to cost you wins. It, it's hard to win. And you heard Dennis Allen say it in the locker room afterwards, Orlando, that, you know, it's not easy to win in this league, and you have to find a way to win. I mean, Arthur Smith is sitting there going, right? I mean, you had a victory, and you snatched the feet out of the jaws of victory. He did it backwards <laughs> by by fumbling Third and one, when you get a first down, you basically probably can run out the clock. Saints have to call the timeouts, right? Marcus Marietta has the first down. If he goes down, they probably at least get three. Maybe they get seven. It's 30 to 10. Um, instead, it's a fumble. I mean, like, there are things that that add up to whether or not you win or lose. So I, I like to say that good teams will find a way to win. And as the graph said yesterday, bad teams will find ways to lose. I mean, that's that's a proven truth into it but as you and look at this at the games that played you know on sunday man i mean the Bengals they they, they should be one and oh they, they won the game they yeah. couldn't make the extra yeah. point it was you know blocked and then they had a chance to win it with the field goal didn't get to do that denver last night two trips in the red zone they oh. get touchdowns they oh. wound up losing the game like you oh. you have to execute and take advantage if not man it doesn't matter how bad a team you think you are it's you know, again, on paper, the Saints are more talented. But you know what? Yeah. Atlanta, coaching matters, plays matter, and, you know, guys won one-on-one battles for most of the game. And they had the Saints looking at an at, at 0-1. They just did. They did. And if you look at it, um, I, you, we made, you made a big point, and you hit the nail on the head with Andy Reid. The only team, I watched that entire game from beginning to end, the Kansas City game. Andy Reid was the only play, and everybody got on. Oh, what if you uh, get Mahomes hurt? Or what if this is, he played the, his starters, the first, the second, 
and some of the third game, and everybody threw a hissy fit. Or what is it? It's football. How many times do we start a, uh, start a league here, and it's OTAs, and a first practice, and you get a starter, and he goes down for the game? They, they can hurt themselves doing drills. They can hurt themselves uh, working out off, off, camp, off the facility with their friends getting some workouts in. It's football. It has to happen. But how are they going to get ready? And I think that just shows, like, starters going the whole preseason without – look look at Jameis Winston. I think he caught fire, and it took him until the fourth quarter because he did not play not a down – I mean, not real significant time in the preseason. And we can go throughout the league. The Dallas Cowboys look like that was the first preseason game. And you can take anything. Look at LSU and Florida State. LSU play this game, that team, 10 more times, they're going to win nine out of them. But it was their first time really touching the field, and Florida State had already played the game. Mm-hmm. They, Florida State was ready. And then they still barely York. Look at the special team. How many blocked field goals and how many blocked uh, puts for the first, because they didn't have time to practice in live game touch. Yeah, you can no. do it all you want throughout practice, but once that, once that gun go off, and it's live. It's a difference. Yeah, yeah. No, I like I said. I, I think as Drew used to call it, time on task. I think live snaps is is obviously what matters. And you know, um, you're, you're seeing it around the league, man. I, I I think how coaches are learning still probably on how to deal with three preseason games as opposed to four, seventeen weeks. No second bye week. I, I, I really think these are things that are going to come up, right? I mean, if I knew I had a second bye week, maybe I'd play them more in the preseason. I can't. They cost so much money now, and these contracts are so big, I can't afford to lose my $200 million quarterback. I mean, I, just, I think all of that, this that goes into, you know what? We're just going to work through it in weeks one and two. I mean, I just legitimately, I think that's where we are right that's now in the is. NFL, man. That's yeah, what it is. That's what it is, man. Thank you, bud. Uh, and, appreciate the phone uh, call, Orlando. I want to okay. get to Mark real quick. You got to have a good guy. Yep, for sure, man. I always appreciate the phone calls. Mark, what you got for us, bud, on the upper hey, cervical man. family chiropractic phone line? You know, I I have I need your help, Gus. I have okay. this love-hate relationship. I, I love it when the Saints play and when they win. I hate watching them for three and a half quarters before they figure it out every game. <sighs> yeah. You know? Uh-huh. I mean, look. Chad Penning made more blocks than Andres Pete and Cesar Ruiz combined on Sunday. You know, I mean, good gosh, it, does, it was horrible. I couldn't. I, it was. It was painful. I wanted to just pour beer in my eyes so that at least they would burn and I couldn't see the game. By, by the way, what's the thing Cesar Ruiz is doing now where he throws out his left arm right before the snap comes? Because here's the thing: if that helps him timing-wise to get set, that's fine. I just don't know if he realizes something. He's doing it literally before the snap. He's telling the defense when the snap is coming. I don't know if you've yeah, paid attention I, to that. Like, I, I see him oh doing God. that to kind of get him, you know, in, 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 in blocking mode or whatever. I just don't know if he's noticed that the only time he's really doing it is literally right when Jameis calls it. Now, I don't know if he's doing it simultaneously when he hears Hutt and the hand comes up and he drops back. It, it's awful. It's awfully close to hand up snap. I, I don't know. I got to right. go back and look at that. But I, it, I I, just, I close my eyes and I see the right guard's left arm going up literally before every snap. Look, <laughs> Denver did it last night and um... – I mean, two or three of the sacks, I think, no, two of them for sure, mm-hmm. on uh, Russell Wilson, the, the defensive ends timed it perfectly. They yeah. watched the arm, yeah. and they were running before the, you yeah. know, the, the, the tackles could get out of this stand. So, yeah, dude, I mean, it was just, I mean, maybe Cesar Weiss needs one thing to concentrate on, blocking, <laughs> because if he's got to concentrate on moving his arm, he obviously can't concentrate on blocking after that. <laughs> I, I don't know what, what kind of guide or I whatever mean, it is that he needs to do. I need to ask an offensive lineman. I, I honestly don't know, um, like I said, if that's helping it. I just It just seemed really close to the timing of the snap. I don't know if he's doing it as the snap is happening, and that's helping. And even still, then your arm is out. I just 
it's just it, it's a very odd looking thing to me that maybe allows somebody to get in quicker. I, I again, I could be completely wrong. I, I just but at this I mean, point though, somebody thing. get either. Yeah, go ahead. It might, it might just be an away thing because like Denver did it last night. Mm. You know, I saw the Saints do it. And I'm trying to remember if I was if I if the in the Bengals game okay. flipping back and forth that they were doing it too. But you know, it's just you know they they've got to fix that line. That that line is it's going to have they're going to have issues. You know, I mean, I hope they do. You know, you know look, like it, your it's, conversation it's, about. Playing more yeah. in the preseason. You've got three preseason games. Yeah. You've got to play these guys, or yeah. you're going to have the first two or three week struggles. And dude, in our conference, if you go zero and three to begin the conference, you know, begin your first, your season, yeah. and the conference the Saints play in, you're you're in must win from the rest of the season. Yeah, and, and, and conversely, that's why I thought it, the start was so important. You shouldn't know your opponent. You should be able to, you know, and I say that, and, and clearly Atlanta surprised them with a lot of different things. And, um, you know, it, it it was very reminiscent of the first meeting last year, right, where they yeah. were they looked like the greatest show on turf, the Falcons offense, and they only scored one, you know, one touchdown in the second half. So the Saints did figure it out. And, and look, here's the thing. I don't know if it's. DNA alike, but it's DNA for DA. Dennis Allen says defenses tend to start slow for some reason. I don't, I don't know for for the most times that he has been here as a defensive coordinator. I want to say last year was really one of the first years where they started out really well. But the DA defense DNA is weeks one and two. You remember when Brady was with the Patriots? Still, they threw all over him in week. Like they they looked terrible in weeks one and two. And then eventually, like, something gets figured out, and they adjust and they understand. Last year, you saw this defense adjust at halftime in games. In the second quarter, that first drive makes you go, oh, boy. And then, you know, second, third drive, the defense kind of looks like the defense we think. So I'm interested on on, on how that is. Look, I, I played it earlier. You can hear it in his voice when he was asked about the team's run defense and the lack thereof back on Sunday. Dennis Allen yesterday was not happy. Here's Mark uh, what he said. Well, look, the first step, we met on it today, um, and and uh, it's unacceptable. Um, that's not been the standard that we've had around here, and it won't be the standard that we'll have around here. I thought, um, you know, I said this after the game, I don't think I was as good as I needed to be um, in helping our guys out. Um, I do think that, you know, um, there's a little bit of an element of surprise in terms of exactly what are they going to do, um, you know, with a new quarterback. Um, so there was a lot of things that we had to try to adjust to in terms of that. Um, you know, and, and, and look, they blocked us. And I told our guys that today. They blocked us. And so um, – you know, we, we we have to we have to coach better in that area, and we got to we got to play better in that area. So that's what he had to say about the run defense. I do think, you know, the fact that look, Tom Brady is not going to scramble. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's he's not doing zone I mean, that's reads. That's the closest you're going to get to the, the, the Venus de Milo standing in the pocket. Yeah, no, I mean, off. yeah, he's going to be there all pretty, just throwing the ball everywhere. And they're going to be without Godwin, maybe. I, you know, I. It's just not – look, it's it's simple. Sunday is simple. Leonard Fournette can't rush for over 100 yards, right? I mean, like, Leonard Fournette's got to be stopped. That'll put the pressure on Brady, and then you can do that. What was that? Leonard needs about 50 yards, and that's about it. I, look, I look. As much you, as I want to see the dude run for 300 yards I, in a game. I want to – make fun, you know, believe me. And I'm watching that game Sunday. I'm like, come on, give me something. And I'm like, ah. For a line that's kind of been rebuilt and patchwork, you know, you lost your Jensen, your Pro Bowl, your All-Pro center. You lost a guard. Another one retires. Then your tackle goes out with a hyperextended elbow. And all they did was run all over the Cowboys. Like, Micah Parsons wasn't a factor in that game. You know I mean? Like, and I'm like, well, goodness. I mean, <laughs> I mean, most teams missing that many offensive linemen, Brady should have been on his back. He should have been throwing in a second, you know, throwing tablets and stuff. So I don't know, man. I, I think what did help 
Tampa was that Dallas's offense was so poor that Dallas's defense seemed to be on the field longer. So I do think yeah, that Dallas that was is a case. Dallas a dumpster fire, man. No, that's it is. I'm... Right. And that's how I look at Sunday. That, you know, Malcolm Jenkins. Sean Payton... Go ahead. I hope that's where Sean Payton goes. I hope he goes to that dumpster fire and stays there. Oh, dude, I, I can't for the life of me understand why you would want to go there. I really don't. He's going to end mean... up taking over for Belichick in New England. This is well, New England's last year. I, I, I'll say this, man. Well, Zach Taylor keeps coaching the way he coaches up in Cincinnati. That's another one you need to be circling around there with Joe Burrow and the offense and the young talent they got there. That's inexcusable to me. Don't, don't give me, you know, first game this or that. You had one job since that Super Bowl, and that is to make sure your offensive line doesn't give up seven sacks seven. in one game. And then the guy throws three picks. Because he's under pressure. That's inexcusable. Like, that's fireable to me. Now, I'm the that's GM. Like book kind of Dude, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what did you do all offseason? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, again, I go back to when I said it yesterday. Sean Payton DM'd a buddy of ours um, during the game in that playoff game against Tennessee. And he was talking about shifting protection, making a, a, an alignment move. And apparently Zach Taylor's still trying to figure that out. So thank you, Mark, for the phone call, man. Appreciate it. Yep, for sure. Open segments continue. Bottom of the hour, Ali Costa will play some DA. We'll continue to take your phone calls on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic phone line. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New York. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING. LA20-11134. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. Thibodeau Regional Health System is proud to be named the number one hospital in Louisiana for medical excellence in cardiac care by CareChecks. CareChecks evaluates hospital quality based solely on objective, quantifiable metrics. This recognition means when your heart is in our hands, you can have confidence in the safety and quality of cardiac care you'll receive. Your heart is truly in the best hands at Thibodeau Regional, named number one hospital in Louisiana for cardiac care. Let's hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. It is. 800-998-1003. What'd you think of week one? What are your top three takeaways when you take a look at week one in the NFL? Went through it a little bit earlier today in the AFC East. Dolphins, Bills win their games. Jets, Patriots don't. In the AFC North, Steelers, Ravens, Browns do. Bengals don't. They're the only 0-1. In the AFC South, nobody won. Seriously, Texans and Colts tied, Jags and Titans lost. In the AFC West, Chargers, Chiefs 1-0, Raiders, Broncos 0-1. In the NFC, Eagles, Commanders, Giants all win, Marlins, Dallas Cowboys 0-1. In the NFC North, Vikings and Bears 1-0, Lions, Packers 0-1. In the NFC South, you know the Saints and Bucks won, Falcons and Kitty Cats lost. In the NFC West, Seahawks, the only team with the win, 49ers, Cardinals, 
Rams all lose their season opener. Jack, thank you for calling the show, sir. How are you? All right, guys, how you doing? Doing well. Well, first of all, Buddy plays the best bumper music maybe in all of radio. Oh, there you go, buddy. I said throw that out there. There you go, buddy. <laughs> and um, hey, look, before we get to the you know the takeaways for the, for the NFL, um, you know the suspension for the owner in the uh, in um in Arizona, you know for Phoenix, um, is, is it me or or, or does, it, it just seems like Adam Silver was a much better commissioner than than your favorite NFL commissioner? Say that again. I mean, don't you think Adam Silver has much more control than um, than Roger Goodell? Because I mean, okay, they were able to suspend an owner today. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Daniel Snyder shouldn't be the owner of anything. You know, he oh, shouldn't be in the league anymore. Then yet, you know, Goodell does nothing with him. The Miami, the Miami owner is another problem. There's no discipline for these guys, but but they they suspend the they suspend the players at will. It just, it just seems that uh, Adam Silver has a, a you know a much tighter control over the image of the league. He absolutely has more respect from the players union. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I right. think he's more innovative. I, I I think it's more collaborative. Like you get this sense and feel the NBA is collaborative between its ownership and its players. Right? They understand the players are why you show up, and you know they they do. To your point. The NBA, you know, you go back to obviously forcing the Clippers to be sold. Like, you, you know, the Kings, like, you you, you have seen the league come down on ownership, right? To your point, yeah. One way, shape, or form, much less players. And, you know, and, and also allow its players, whether it's popular or not, to express how they feel. The NFL literally, there was a flag, and I meant to, to, to play this yesterday. There was a flag thrown in the Bears 49ers game for a player for the Bears throwing a towel to mop off the field in that monsoon. Now, people have explained it to me. It's like golf trying to improve your lie, you know? So, stop it. <laughs> is that what we're focusing on? You know, but look, I mean, how many times you sit there and you think about it, right? I mean, whether it's taunting, whether it's celebrations, whether it's a, so you're saying, Jack, you know, ownership behaving inappropriately and things of that nature. And look, there's a lot of people right now this morning saying that the one-year suspension, $1 million fine for an organization that's worth $3 billion, using the N-word, being inappropriate to females and males, commenting vulgarly to uh, about women in the office workplace like they don't think that that punishment goes far enough but at least it's something right to your point you know i mean it, it's nothing daniel snyder hasn't done and and yet he's there's been no punishment at all yeah so hey, hey guys um you, you were talking to uh i'm sorry i can't remember his name the usm coach you were talking to him before the uh-huh. before the two-lane yeah uh-huh. well yeah <laughs> yeah well huh um, did you have a chance to watch the game Saturday? I watched about two and a half quarters. I was definitely watching when it was down well, seven at halftime. So you saw it when the, when the, when the young quarterback, I think it was third down, he had a chance to make a first down. And I don't know if he made a business decision or if he just lost track of where the down marker was, but he ran out of bounds like half a yard before it was. Will almost lost his mind. He, he jumped about three feet in the air. That, that was, uh, yeah, that was a little entertaining. Mm-hmm. And look, uh, Gus, uh, as far as my takeaway so far, um, I think so far the people that evaluated the NFL have done a pretty good job. The, the AFC is very good. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo definitely looks like the team to oh, beat. Yeah. And the NFC looks really mediocre. Mm. I mean, that, that that's two of my takeaways. And the other, my other, my third takeaway is this. Like you said, I don't know why Sean Payton would take the uh, Dallas job because it looks to me like he. he He'll have his pick of, of, of a lot of really good jobs, yeah. and one of them might be the Denver job because that was. I don't know if you saw the whole game last night, but that was, it wasn't just the last minute. It, it, it was it was pitiful all the way through. Yeah. Um, they they had a whole bunch of um, um, pre snap penalties yeah. where they couldn't get the ball off. Yeah, Almost I, every time they called the poor. I'm sorry. No, uh, I was going to say I I I keep saying it. Look, and I'm not saying Nathaniel Hackett may not be a good guy or a good coach and all that, but 
you know, all this, well, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, you know, hire football coaches, guys that are coaches. You know, this love affair that owners have right now with, well, they design good plays. Or they're, quote, unquote, the offensive coordinators under coaches that called plays. I, I mean, I know Roy wants to speak about the win over the Patriots like the greatest offensive performance ever in a 20-point game. But again, Mike McDaniels wasn't the guy calling the plays. It was Kyle Shanahan. Then Roy can tell me all he wants with it, that they kept showing him in the booth. But Kyle Shanahan is the guy that who has the philosophy and the calls and all of that. It's the same thing where, you know, you're looking at, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, it, it's LaFleur. LaFleur is the guy calling the plays for Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is the guy that probably would have called timeout instead of you, you just saw confusion for a minute 11 left, third and something, that three timeouts, and they ran one offensive play. Like, that's that's literally, I don't know what the bleep I'm doing. I mean, that's on display. I mean, it's it's incredible. You know, these, these owners are just... Hey, this guy, you know, blows you away with analytics, or he can draw this play on this napkin, that, you know, where we're having dinner. Great. Can he coach football? Does he understand football? And, again, I go to Cincinnati. That guy last year was lucky that he had Joe Burrow, where he won some of those games that they should have won. Their kicker made game-winning kicks, you know. So this Zach Taylor extension and, and being, you know, that he's this great coach, I don't see it. I don't see it again. Seven sacks in game one, when literally that is the number one problem you have, that's baffling to me. Baffling. Plus, I'm going to get out, but, but really, I mean, but last night, like I said, that minute, that minute and a half, that was only a small part of it. No, I know you're they right. Couldn't, they, couldn't run, right. They, couldn't, they couldn't run a play without almost running the clock out, and they got called for like six or seven of those during the game. Yeah. Almost running the clock out every single time. And look, you saw Jerry Judy last night. Jerry Judy's a bigger version of Tyreek Hill. I, the, I don't know if you saw the touchdown pass, but I thought they had the angle on him. He just hit another gear and went right by him. If you're a good football coach, you're up at night dreaming of ways to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. And they got Javante Williams. There's, there's no way they can go to Seattle and lose. It's crazy. No, that that's inexcusable. I mean, I mean, not, not, again, giving that price that you paid for Russell Wilson. And, you know, to the point that the guys were making on the Manning cast yesterday. I mean, I, you're going to try a 60-plus-yard field goal instead of Russell Wilson, $200 million quarterback, converting fourth and five? I just – All right. I mean – Hey, Gus, Gus one, one last thing. Yeah. Who's the ex-LSU DB that works for ESPN? Ryan Clark. Yeah. If you're not following him on Twitter and you're on Twitter, you're missing out because he's funny. He was making comments all night about you know about the, the yeah. play calling situation, and he makes you know he makes, he says a lot of things. But anyway, yeah, all right, well, man. Thanks for taking my call. For Have sure. a good afternoon. Appreciate it as always. Eight hundred nine nine eight one double zero three is the way to chime into the upper cervical family chiropractic phone line. Uh, so here's what happens on the Manning cast. We got three timeouts. See, I might use one right here. Let's use one. Let's talk about this one. Let's talk about this one. They're gonna try to draw. They can oh, try to draw them off sides. Might try to draw them off sides, E. You don't have that much time. Snap count. You well, you don't want to waste that much time, I don't think. Yeah, I think we. I think we should call timeout, like now. <laughs> they're they're running the play. They look. They look unsettled. Sutton doesn't know what he's doing. Hurry up. Hurry. Time out. Time out. Time out. So you just burned 30 seconds to call a timeout? We got three. Yeah, incredible. And then again, <laughs> the 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 end of that, too, is, uh, you know, where they kicked the field goal. And <laughs> it's just baffling. It's absolutely baffling. You know, here's more. yards. I mean, you still got two timeouts, but you gotta you gotta get some yardage. They're gonna kick it. They're gonna kick it. Kick what? <laughs> they're, gonna kick, they're kicking it right here. Kicking the field goal right here. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> they're kicking Let me a see how far this 62 is. yarder. 63 yarder. What? <laughs> Shit, it's sharp. 
kicking what? <laughs> Again, I. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of texts too, and it's true. But but, but Eric Bieniemy can't be given a shot. Just, These offensive geniuses. Look, there's something to be said about it. Legitimately, the the. the Getting plays in and out of the huddle, the tempo. I mean, I, I, it goes unnoticed by us for the most part, fans, media, because we're watching the game in the play. But tempo, understanding that it's a fast-paced game. You better have practiced that. You, you better know what you're doing. Again, I go back to Teddy Bridgewater being thrown under the bus by Matt Rule saying we need a quarterback that can score in the red zone. He's like, we've never practiced the red zone. Remember Teddy when he got to Denver? He's like, we never practiced red zone. Like that that's that's amazing to me. They never practiced red zone. That's literally Fridays. Like that Sean and the way they did it, they, they break down Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday is red zone. Like they practice all the plays and it will run in the red zone. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy the, the jobs that are being given to some of these guys that just have no clue what they that again. Uh, and look, there was some of that with the Saints. You heard Dennis Allen say it earlier. You know, I, I wasn't in my rhythm. But, you know, again, they, they, his defense has kind of started a little bit earlier. It's also the first game, regular season game, not the three preseason games where, you know, he's talking to the defense, trying to figure it out. But he, he's on headset the entire time. On offense, he's the head coach now. So, I mean, it, it, it's all it, – it got better by the fourth quarter at least. You did see – that there is experience with that, that group, and you have players. But, again, there were some other games that happened in week number one where you're like, oh, my goodness. Um, you know, so we'll see. Ali Kosell, he, he put something out there earlier today about a two-way player the Pelican assigned, and he thinks they may be a fan favorite already. Hadn't even been day one of training camp. Explain yourself, Ali. You will next on ESPN New Orleans. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcon.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, and Reserve. How do you make the most of your land? Well, Shaw does it with a John Deere 1025R tractor so he can make the earth take the shape that I wanted to take. While the Allens use a John Deere 3032E tractor to grow about nine acres of flowers. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. How will you make the most of yours? Nothing runs like a deer. Run with us. Visit Home Tractor next to the tunnel. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview and West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you back to balance. 
Ali Cosell, you do realize three Fridays from this Friday, it will be the Smoothie King Center watching the Pels take on the Pistons, sir. It's right around the corner, dude. Three Tuesdays from today, preseason opener against the Bulls. How are you, sir? I love it, Gus. I'm ready for it. Um, been kind of bored over the last month. And <laughs> I've actually been tending to a, a busted arm thanks to one of my dogs, right? So it's no. timing, right? I, no. I couldn't write. So, uh-huh. yeah, it was good to write about Isaiah Brock. Brockington yesterday, though, because I like this kid. When you dive into him, he looks really good, and he looks like he's going to fit this group that we're going to see that we after we fell in love with last year. Well, that's why I, I texted you this morning. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's this last line I read? The Pelicans have landed another soon-to-be fan favorite. So I'm like, I, 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 need the, I need the 411 here. So tell us who Isaiah Brockington is, why do you think he can fit, and what, what, what do you think makes him the possibility of a fan favorite? Yeah, so he's a guy that spent four years in college, um, went to three different schools, but his last stop at Iowa State was very noteworthy. Uh, garnered Big Ten, uh, first first team Big Ten honors. And you know what? He was good on both sides of the ball. And he kind of fits, you know, that, that style of player that I think David Griffin in this front office has fallen in love with and are good at picking out, mm-hmm. right? Last year we saw how Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, you know, Jose spent as well as uh, Herb, their full tenures at college, right, Alabama and Georgia Tech, respectively. And while Isaiah kind of moved around a little bit, he essentially got four years, great experience, uh, doing that, going kind of that same route. And so he was able to develop his game. And he really, like I said, took off last year to where his offense really shined. Before, he's kind of more known as just a defender, right? But um, he really stepped it up offensively. So... What I noticed when I was watching some film of him, he looked like a combination of a guy that can shoot and make a lot of hard shots. So remind me of Jordan Crawford, but he, he plays with that style of heart and for a six foot four guard of Josh Hart because he goes after rebounds tenaciously. He doesn't mind guarding up. And I read some good stories about him just last year in the Big Ten where, you know, he held Keegan Murray, you know, one of the best rookies to come out of this last draft who, yeah. you know, excelled at summer league, right? He wowed everybody in just about every game. Well, guess what? Isaiah held him to nine points in a matchup of Iowa State versus Iowa. You know, by far his worst game, I think, uh, he had last year. So it goes to show you what this kid's capable of, and I feel like that's, like I said, that's what David Griffin's looking for, and that's what you need. I know that they've got Herb, they've got Jose, and several other guys like Najee Marshall, but you can't get enough of these guys that can just do a little bit of everything on the court. Because when you have Zion, B.I., right, they're your stars. you got C.J. McCollum that can score, you know, bounces. You want to fill in the gaps with these type of players. So I feel like Isaiah, he's going to fit in perfectly. It's funny you say that. Dyson Daniels, you go to EJ Liddell, there's some DNA here, right? I mean, there's some some Mm -hmm. things that this team desperately wants here. You heard me mention Liddell, though, quickly. He has that two-way, right? But a lot of people still feel that maybe he's going to be on this roster. I know Christian Clark kind of tweeted about that as well. Yeah, from what I understand, E.J. Liddell was headed for a two-way contract up until then the injury hit. So now I'm not certain what the plan is exactly, right? It's hard to foresee them creating a, opening up a roster spot, right? If they were going to give him a two-way before the injury, it's hard to believe they would give him a regular NBA contract now. So I'm curious how they're going to get him onto this roster. Is it going to be more of a G League contract, right, where he right. gets an Exhibit 10 so he can sit there rehab? come back at his own pace playing for Birmingham this year. And, of course, there's kind of that verbal agreement. You get through this year, you get, you know, back to right, just like almost every player does from this injury. Then we'll give you a two-way contract or maybe even a regular NBA contract. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. But I know they're not going to push him aside. Because as we learned, right, Gus, that day after the draft from Trajan Langdon, or even that night, I should say, excuse me, that this Pelicans office loves him. So there's no doubt they're not going to push him aside. Ali, I've been told his rehab's going really well. So, I mean, do you think yeah. we see him play this year at some point, whether it's Birmingham or not? That, that would be pretty big, right? Obviously, I mean, today with modern medicine, man, I mean, you're, you're seeing people come in 
at the end of an NBA season of, you know, Achilles. So, I mean, knee tears and injuries happening in the summer, realistically, uh, February, right? Yeah, I do, because technically players can come back after, say, six or seven months, right? All the rehab goes really well. It's the stars that go ahead and take the full year. Guys that already have that four or five-year deal that know they're going to have a job when they come back, no matter how long it takes. So I think these guys, yeah, they're going to push it. They're going to try and come back and play both uh, Isaiah and, of course, EJ Liddell. Yeah, I think we'll see him at some point somewhere. Quickly, as we kind of go with some storylines getting over here as well, the uh, the other little birdies that have been telling me some stuff over there, lots of good attendance, man. Lots of guys focusing. I guess that shouldn't be surprising, though. While that seems to be a theme this summer, really since May 1st, uh, exit interviews. It, mm-hmm. it just seems like there's always been somebody at that facility. I'm at Saints training camp practice, and there's Herb Jones and Trey Murphy, Larry Nance going back and forth at them. You didn't invite me. I mean, like, it does seem, right, Ali, maybe by the people you talk to as well, that mm-hmm. there has been a lot of attendance and a lot of players hanging out here, man. Yeah, they they didn't take real off-seasons, most of them, from what I hear. And, and we know Herb Jones is a worker, but a lot of other guys are too, and they spent their summers here. And they all, a lot of them went over to Los Angeles when Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum organized something. And what stands out to me the most, Gus, is when Jose Alvarado, right, he had wanted to play for Puerto Rico for the national team for the longest. And he did get in a couple of games last year, and he shined brightly. But when he said basically, look, I'm going to go ahead and prioritize this next upcoming NBA season with the Pelicans, right? So he wanted to stay with his guys, training, working in the offseason, rather than playing these national games with Puerto Rico. So that says a lot to me. This team has one focus. They're on one mission, and I think it's going to be a continuation of what we saw last year. So I think for the first time in a long time, and I'm going to write about this, I think this team's going to hit the ground running. Mm. I know they've got a tough, what, opening first 10 games, and especially with Kevin Durant now looking like he's going to put on that Brooklyn Nets uniform. But I'll tell you what, I've got positive vibes that they're going to finally start above 500 through those first 10 games, no matter how hard they are. Because of this chemistry, because of this carryover, I really think they're due. Along those lines, though, I, I wouldn't even call it a concern. It's something to keep an eye on. Um, I do think, like Michael Jordan says, the best way to get in shape for basketball is by playing basketball. We've seen some players, you know, I mean, look, Luka Doncic is out there playing overseas. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, so I'm not saying seeing Valachunas and Billy Hernan Gomez playing is a bad thing. Seeing Valachunas limping after a game is a bad thing. So <laughs> I would just say, though, they, they've been playing. And they've been playing competitively, a little different, I don't know, than scrimmages. I don't know if it's that different. But let's say if you wanted to ease Jonas into the start of the season here, what is that backup situation there at center? Is it Hayes? Because outside of the center is when he really played better, right? Like, who is his backup, and how do you go about doing that? Do you move Zion? Like, you know, if, if you're minute-watching Jonas to start the season. Yeah, so fortunate for them, they've still got uh, Billy Hernan Gomez. So when you're going to be facing those bigger centers across the league, okay. you better believe he'll be starting just in case Jonas needs a day or two off or what, however they decide to approach, uh, especially training camp and preseason, I think, is when we'll see a lot more. But, yeah, from what I've been hearing, Jackson Hayes has been working more uh, from the center position on post moves, stuff like that, bulking up his body, because I think there's a great anticipation. Look, he's going to have to play some center because Zion's coming back, right? So he can't just play 25 minutes at, at the fourth spot anymore, right? So that combined with, like I said, having a real need at center, yeah, we're going to see Jackson uh, spend probably, I would guess, the majority of his time at center this upcoming year. And I hope he can handle it because those first two years, it, that, that honestly didn't go very well, right, that experiment. So I'm hoping he's ready and he can show us something. He's going in the last year of his deal. And the Pelicans, they're going to have to make a decision on, do we go ahead and trade him away because I don't, we don't think he's going to fit because his best position's at the four. Or can he flourish, right? Can he show us some things at the five to where we feel comfortable giving him his second NBA contract? All right, let's do a little rapid fire, just some of the other storylines that we've seen the last couple of weeks here as well. Donovan Mitchell no longer with the Jazz is going to be interesting. Just, I mean, that, that was a team two, three years ago, right, Ali, that they're at the top of the Western Conference and that they're not there. They give the extension in Phoenix – to their big guy, so they're kind of all back as well. I think a healthy Clipper-Laker team is different than what we saw them last year. What kind of step, if 
at all does Memphis make? I mean, they, they didn't sit pat. I mean, they, they were making wheels and deals on draft night here as well. Man, I, how do you kind of view the West right now before camp starts? I think there's a handful of teams that you, I think you can clearly put ahead of the Pelicans just based on last year and what their rosters look like. So Golden State's right there. Of course, they, they're the national champions. Um, Grizzlies. They're right there, too. Look, I don't think last year was a fluke. I mean, think of how many games they won without John Morant, right? Missed 20-some-odd games, and they won the vast majority of those. Denver, that's the one I've got circled. Jokic is going to get help this year. Jamal Murray at a minimum. They're also hoping for Porter, right? Michael Porter back as well. But other than that, it's going to be interesting. I think the Clippers, you know, it's great to talk about Kawhi and Paul George, but until I see them stay on the court for, say, two months, it's hard to say they're the best team in the West, right? Because they've missed so much time individually, those guys. And, you know, other than that, where, where else can you look, right? Dallas Mavericks, yeah, they've got, right, maybe the best player in the league now in Luka yeah. Doncic, but yeah. where's his help going to be coming from? He's going to have to do a lot of carrying. I've lost faith in the Phoenix Suns, honestly. Really? Just, I, I think, yeah, that contract squabble with Aiton, and now this news coming down where, uh, the you know, Robert Sarver's, Sar- yeah. Sar- Paid that ten million, and there's that big dark cloud hanging over that franchise. Got, just got bad vibes the way they were kicked out of the playoffs. The only other team I worry about is Mem- uh, Minnesota. But other than that, I think the Pelicans are going to be right there, fighting for you know four, five, six, seven, right there with the rest of the best. Lakers, forget about them. Let's not even talk about them. I think they're due for a big bad season again. <laughs> really, really, because I, I do think I wonder how the Beverly thing will go. And do you make anything out of uh, Russell Westbrook's twenty nine million dollar home being up for sale now? He doesn't want to play another game in a Laker uniform, I guarantee you, after the way last season ended, the way those guys were kind of going at it. And, and those feelings carried over in the summer league from what I heard. Uh, both LeBron and uh, Russell weren't talking to one another. That's incredible. And, you know, until, and unfortunately, I think they probably thought they were going to be able to get find them a trade, right, a new home. So all parties wanted it, but they weren't able to figure one out because the Lakers want to keep those two draft picks up. So, I think they're destined to play at least maybe three months together. I'll tell you what, I think that's going to not go so well. We're all going to be laughing here in New Orleans, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you what, we'll we'll wrap up with, I don't know if it was real or not. I'm sure you saw it. I think it was over the weekend. I sent it to the graph as well. Uh, I think Pell's report tweeted it. Anthony Davis is playing the new NBA 2K23, (laughs) right, with the Lakers. And, Ollie, you saw what happened? Tell everybody what happened. Yeah, so anyway, this is a simulation game, right, you're talking yeah. about. And, and but there's AD in the bottom of the corner like he's playing the court, with the headset. Yeah. Makes a defensive play and then, boom, goes down with, a, I think, a knee injury or something like that. <laughs> he goes uh, down with the we, we all saw it, so we know we don't need to see a simulation, right? That, that's, that, that's what happens with AD. <laughs> the, the worst, though, is like, you know, they, 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 he's like, his little face, I mean, he's playing the game, so he's playing it. So he has a headset, and he's he's grinning, and it's that unawkward kind of smile. He's like, what? Oh, I'm, I'm hurt. Like, he, they saw him go down, and then he, like, looks off camera like, are y'all really bleeping serious? Like, I mean, I'm playing this, and y'all make – like, I don't think he was expecting that. And, dude, it was uncomfortable. You could just see him going, did I really just get hurt in a simulation game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope he understands that that's what his career's going to become, right? Last two years of the Lakers, those have been awful seasons by his standards. Yeah. He's always been hurt now, and it's just getting worse and worse. <laughs> so, hey, but I hope he stays healthy. Play, but well. <laughs> watching him play and then watching him get hurt in right. an EA game was – that was the <laughs> – so, That's too close for comfort, you've got to think, right? It's probably bringing oh, back too, bad, I, too many dude, bad memories I, for him. I got to imagine his agent got yelled at. I mean, <laughs> somebody got yelled at, or at least they should have on his team. Ali Cosell from the Bird writes, as always, man, appreciate the time. Soon enough, we'll be talking games and training camp at O-L-E-H-K-O-S-E-L, the editor-in-chief of the Bird writes. Thank you, Ali. Absolutely, Gus. Look forward to seeing you at Media Day, buddy. Yes, that is literally two weeks from yesterday. So, yeah, I'm ready to go. Well, I'll see you soon, but take care. Yep, same to you. There he goes. When we come back, the professor will have a shot of the day, and we will put a wrap to today's show. Here when we come back, it's the Sports Hangover on ESPN in New Orleans. We've 
learning a lot. All seven of us. Addie, Wesley, Caroline, Jackson, Julia, Wyatt, and Baby Elon. Here's what our fathers taught us since the last time we talked to you. My dad, Wes, said, Your great-grandfather, Bob, was extremely famous for manufacturing high-quality, custom-designed jewelry, and he could repair anything. And then, Wesley Jr. said, Are you going to teach me that? I'm going to teach you that. And then my dad, Bobby, said, It's important to have exactly what people are looking for. You've got to pay attention to what's happening all over the world so that you're always ahead of the trend in jewelry instead of behind it. You can't make people happy if you don't have what they're looking for. And then Jackson said, Are you going to teach all of us? Yes, we're going to teach all of you. We're going to teach you whatever you want to learn. Let's hear it for Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers! Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers is the largest diamond store in Louisiana on veterans between Bonneville and West End in Metairie. Get ready, Greater New Orleans area. The big one, the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show, is coming for two big days only this weekend at the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard. Show hours are Saturday 9 until 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun, books, camouflage, jewelry and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $10 for adults and $2 for children ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show. Show hours 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 to 5 on Sunday. Come to the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the $50 restaurant gift card. See you there at the big one. Sure is shooting. Don't miss it. What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone. We want you to be on the show. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. Let's bring him in, Mr. Professor. Wednesday. What a bet. Over at Boomtown. Are you ready for a Thursday show, sir? I am ready for Thursday show. It should be a fun time uh, over at the Sportsbook in Boomtown. I uh, was just talking about it today with a couple of people who really enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. Talking about sports betting. It's uh, it's a good time, man. Yeah. It, I mean, it's and it's not for the professionals. <laughs> I mean, we have the professionals on. Your boy, uh, Asparza, yeah. is going to be on this week at 11. Nice. nice. So, um, yeah, it, we have the professionals helping us. Are helping out novices such as myself. Well, I was going to say it's not for the week of heart either, though, right? I mean, like, how many really? No. Honestly, now, now, Raphael told us yesterday about the Seahawks and the dog and you know the cover and all this other stuff. So this is why we need to listen to the guys from Vegas. But um, man, what are your takeaways? Because obviously you look at it from a betting angle, and you look at it from a fan angle. You're a Bills fan. Well, give me your top three takeaways here. We got about a minute and a half of Week One in the NFL. Uh, one, looking at these first-year head coaches and how successful they were on Sunday and how that's going to bode for them going forward. Uh-huh. Uh, two, looking at uh, just the Super Bowl winners or the Super Bowl teams from last year both losing in week one right. and how much of a rarity that is and how what that's going to mean. And three, the injury to Dak Prescott and what that's going to mean for the Cowboys who were supposed to be the class of that division and now it looks like the NFC East is going to be wide open. You know, the the Eagles got a lot of love preseason, and a lot of people picking them to, to do that. Putting up those points now, I know it was against the Lions, but the Lions played hard, and it was on the road. 35 points is 35 points. I guess that's one of the things that I mentioned yesterday to you as well. Jalen Hurts being able to do what he did and, you know, rush for over 100 yards and pass for over 200 yards, man. I mean, that's, that's going to be tough to, to stop if he can do that consistently. That's something that they were hoping that he was going to be able to do for them is, uh, you know, that's why they drafted him Yeah, was to be that dual threat and be able to put up those kinds of numbers. Now the question is, can he. Right. Can he do that all the time? It wasn't so. going to be something to reckon with. All right, man. Right. T- time for shot of the day. You got a shot for somebody or shot at someone. Uh, we're going to take a shot for, uh, let's take a shot for all the week one winners. Okay. Uh, this week, you know, uh, I'll take a shot for Geno Smith. Oh, that's who I take a shot for today, uh, because everybody counted him out, talking about how terrible he was going to be. Mm-hmm. And he goes out there and ruins the "quote unquote" homecoming of Russell Wilson. So, uh, shout out to Geno Smith going out there and getting that win for the Seahawks. Mine, some Coors Light, flat. 
Coors Light for Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, dude, you could not have looked worse for the guy that you traded a bunch of first-round picks and paid $200 million for. You looked terrible. Poor Peyton Manning's hands are broken from trying to call timeout on the Manning cast. You looked terrible. That's the professor of Gus. Thank you to all our head coaches, and thank you to all of the callers today on the show, including, nope, we didn't take Roy's phone call. Ha, 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 ha. It is Wednesday tomorrow, midway point of your work week. Matt Muscone, and after further review, is next on ESPN New Orleans.